Well, welcome to World Changers Church Houston, our Wednesday night Bible study. Glad that you made it out on tonight, expecting uh, good things from God. I am excited. We've been talking about <clears throat> the fact that right attitude begins with right believing. Amen. Um, we understand that we are indeed rulers because of the fact that we are children of God, but we've been focusing on and looking at the fact that while we are indeed uh, children of God, we need to make sure that we're maturing. Amen? Somebody say maturing. maturing. Yeah, maturing simply means that we are growing in him. Amen? Uh, it's not, it's not, it shouldn't be enough just to be saved. I know that's what our goal has been for our entire uh, lives up to this point is to be able to qualify for salvation. And then once we're saved, you know, we were taught in a lot of ways to now maintain, do everything we can do and do it right to maintain that salvation. But we've learned that that is indeed not the end of it, that uh, while we receive all that Jesus did on the cross, uh, we've talked about the fact that he is no longer there and now he is seated in heavenly places and we're united with him, seated with him. If you understand that, say amen. So he, however, is not physically here on earth. We're the ones physically here on earth. And where does Christ live? On the inside of us. So it stands, uh, so we understood from studying this that the will of God gets done through us. As the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, Christ is on the inside of us, we then, as we mature, learn to rule by love and carry out the will of the Father. Would you agree with that? We've looked at Philippians where it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And when it says, let this mind be in you, we looked at the New Living Translation, that word mind is replaced with attitude. Let this attitude be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. And as that scripture just continues on, it talks about the fact that at the end of the day, uh, Jesus, who indeed was God, put on an earth suit, uh, gave up his divine privileges and came to this earth to serve. He came to this earth to serve, why? Well, John 3.16 tells us that because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave Jesus to come here and serve us. And then Jesus uh, agreed to this, giving up his, all of his, how can I say, uh, I don't have to say it, it's said in the scripture, all of his divine privileges. He gave those all up for you and I. And now that he lives on the inside of us and he has returned to heaven and now he is our advocate in heaven next to the Father and while we're indeed seated with him there spiritually and the natural we're here. So it's kind of interesting because we're there with him seated but then he's here with us. So it's like we're both there in the natural and spiritual like he's up there for real and we're down here for real. But in the spirit, we're up there, and in the spirit, he's down here. Does that make sense? Okay, all right. So while he's getting things done up there, we're supposed to be getting some things done down here. Are you with me? And in order for me, yeah, in order for me to do those things, I have to make sure that I have the right attitude 
If not, I will not be willing to carry out God's will. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. What does it take to have that type of right attitude? Because many people are indeed saved. Would you agree? But many people are not doing the will of God. And some people even hear that. They hear the will of God. And what they hear is <clears throat> uh, maybe some big thing like God's called me to be a preacher. So, you know, I'm talking about the daily will of God. The daily will of God. What is the will of God? What, is, what does God want me to do at the end of the day? Well, that's what we're going to look at. And as a matter of fact, if you have your Bibles, let's just dive right into that. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 6. We're going to look at verse 26 through 29. And then we're going to look at a couple of other scriptures uh, in that same place. John, what did I say, 6, 26? And then we're going to start it going away to 29. John 6. And I'm going to read this. Uh, Y'all got the NLT back there? Yeah, let's look at the NLT. John 6, 26. There we go. Um, it says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. And he's talking to this crowd. He said, the reason why you want to be with me is because you actually want to physically eat. You're hungry. Let's keep going. 27. He said, not because you understood the miraculous signs. Verse 27. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. Who can give you eternal life according to the scripture? Who? Yeah, Jesus. He says, for God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. Now, how many of you guys know what he means by the seal of his approval? Just real quick, just to make a good footnote there. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. When you study that word out right there, when he talks about the seal of, the approval, of his approval, it actually relates to the same scripture that says we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's some good news. Did you know that because you have the seal of the Holy Spirit on your life, you're sealed with God's approval? Just like Jesus was when he was on earth. Now see, that's important. We're, we're indeed sealed with the Holy Spirit. And as you see, Jesus was as well, correct? I'll show you this. Let me show you this in a couple of scriptures and then hold your finger there. Let's go look at this because what we're going to be keying in on tonight is belief. And belief is so important. We're going to talk a little bit about faith too. But all these things are affected by your attitude. And your attitude is where your mind's set to. But there is truth that needs to come into your ears and into your eyes that affects the way you believe. If you don't see these truths and know these truths, then you're going to have a problem believing. And if you have a problem believing, you're going to have a problem having faith. And if you have a problem having faith, you're going to have an issue getting results in your life. If you understand that, say amen. Amen. So let's just walk through this. Uh, Isaiah 42, chapter, sorry, chapter 42, verse 1 Let's go there. It's going to be three, maybe four scriptures we're going to just peek at that talks about us being sealed. Uh, Isaiah 42, 1. Yes, yeah, it says, look at my servant whom I strengthen. He is my chosen one who pleases me. Verse 2. I have put my, what does it say? Spirit up on him. He will bring justice to the nations. That's just talking about Jesus. Uh, go to the King James version of that. 
same scripture. It says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect, in, my, in whom my soul delighteth. Okay? I have put my spirit upon him, verse 2. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Uh, let's keep going, verse 2. He shall not cry nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard uh, in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. And then it goes on. And this is talking about Jesus. And it says that he's going to have the Spirit of God indeed upon him. All right, you seeing this? Okay, <laughs> let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 21 through 22. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 21 through 22. It says, Now he which establishes us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is who? God. This is God we're talking about. Verse 22. Who, who is who? This is God, right? God hath also sealed us. So we just saw where Jesus was sealed, according to John, but now we're seeing where it says God has also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit, where? In our hearts. Say this with me. Say, I am sealed with the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus was when he was on earth. Now, see, you got to understand that because you've been looking to qualify, and I just gave you a powerful qualifier that'll help you understand why it is that you can do the same stuff Jesus did when he was on earth. Jesus said, I, I don't do nothing without the Father. I don't say nothing. I don't do nothing without the Holy Spirit being upon me. I'm, I'm, I'm healing folks because of the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching this, 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 this word that's just beyond the regular thoughts of man, not by me, but by the Holy Ghost. All the miracles I do, all the teaching I do, all the stuff I do, it's all by the Holy Ghost whom I'm sealed with. And guess what? You got that same Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Let's look at a couple more. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14. And we'll just hang out in the King James. It says, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed. Verse 14, uh, sorry, yes. Ye were, what's that word? Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, who is Paul writing to? He's writing to the church of Ephesus. He's talking to other believers. And he's saying, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And this is a whole nother church, a whole nother group he's talking to. It says, which is the earnest of our inheritance. You inherited the Holy Ghost. Mm. Until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. That's just another confirmation that you've been sealed just like Jesus. Amen? Last one, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Ephesians 4.30. And then we'll head back to John. Ephesians 4.30. 
It says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You're sealed. You're good to go. All the way to the day of redemption. You're good to go. You're sealed. You need to believe that. You need to receive that. You need to understand that and never let the enemy steal that from you. Say that with me again. I'm sealed with the Holy Ghost. Now, saying I'm sealed with the Holy Ghost, well, not saying it. Believing that you're sealed with the Holy Ghost is like believing that you have a nuclear reactor on the inside of you empowering you forever. That's just not saying, because see, people hear that, and what they hear is, I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit, so that means I won't go to hell because the cross did its job. That's what a lot of people hear. No, it's so much more than that. Jesus received the Holy Spirit upon him not to keep him out of hell. Think about this. When John baptized Jesus and he came up out of the water and the Spirit came and set on him, ascended uh, upon him like a dove. And then after that, shortly after that, he went out into the wilderness and, and was uh, tempted and, you know, got his understanding together, not together, but got his understanding of, of how the enemy was trying to attack him. And the enemy was like, if thou be the son of God, trying to attack his identity. And he was like, I know I'm the son of God. And he stuck to what he said to do. And then the angels came and ministered to him. After that, he went out and he did his ministry. It wasn't, the Holy Spirit wasn't given to Jesus to try to keep him out of hell. And I submit to you that it's the same thing for you and I. We don't have the Holy Spirit just to help keep us out of hell. We don't have the Holy Spirit just to help keep us from sinning. The Holy Spirit has a very specific job that you can see in Acts 1 and 8. And ye shall receive what? Oh, no, no, it's your ticket from hell. And ye shall receive confirmation that you're not going to hell after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ain't that what the scriptures say? No, it says that ye shall receive power. What is power for? It's the ability to get results. You get power to do something. It takes power to move things. It takes power to change things. It takes power to minister God's word and his love all throughout this earth. You don't have all that power on the inside of you just to keep you out of hell. Your salvation and your righteousness is secure and settled. That was done by what Jesus did on the cross. Now you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, sealed up, locked up with you until the day of redemption. Why until the day of redemption? Because that's when the work going to be finished, finished. Amen? See, I, I want to submit something to you today. Jesus indeed finished everything concerning us, but there are people who still haven't joined us on the boat. So there's still work to be done, not to finish for them what Jesus did, but to get them on and in what he did for them. And once the day of redemption comes, we're finished. So I dare say there is then not a, 
Somebody's going to get mad at me for this, but praise God anyway. There's not the same need for the Holy Spirit to operate on us in that capacity once that happens. Because he is here right now in you for a specific job assignment. Are you listening to me? So that's why it's important that you understand that you're sealed with the Holy Ghost just like Jesus was. You got ability just like Jesus had. You got wisdom just like Jesus had. You got power just like Jesus. Now the question is, do you believe it? Do you even know what belief is? Y'all said yes on the first one. You ain't saying nothing on that one. What, what happened? He was like, I don't know. Tell me. All right, let's take a look at it. Okay, let's go back to uh, John. John chapter 6, verse, I think we're at verse 27. And uh, we'll look at the, we'll stay in the uh, King James right now. So Jesus is still talking. He said, labor not for the meat which perishes. He said, y'all are just following me for the bread, for the physical stuff. He said, but don't work for the food or the meat that perishes, but for the meat that will, that which endureth, for that meat which endureth unto what? Everlasting life. He's talking about himself. Verse 28. Oh, sorry. Which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Let's keep going. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Got a question for you. How many of us in here want to work the works of God? Some of you act like you're not sure. Okay, I'm glad you're in church tonight. Glory to God. Is it a bad thing to want to work the works of God? No, it's not, it's not a bad thing, just in case you didn't know. Okay, that's, that's what we're talking about, about taking his will so that we can do these good works and have them produced in our lives. So these people are hearing what Jesus is saying, and they're like, wow, this sounds pretty good. I want to I be able to work the works of God. So they say, they ask a very good question. How can we do that? Let's keep going, verse 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God. How can I work the works of God? He says, hey, this is the work of God. That you, what's that word? Believe, and not just believe anything. Believe on him whom he hath sent. If I want to work the works of God, to work the works of God, is to believe on Jesus. Now, if you're like me, you're like, that sounds fantastic, but what does that mean? And that's what we're going to talk about. He says, this is the work of God, that you believe on him that he hath sent. Uh, skip to verse 35. Verse 35 says, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never, what? Never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. 
If I believe on him, if I come to him, I'll never hunger. If I believe on him, I should never thirst. This is important. Verse 40 says, and this is the will of him that sent me. So the work of him is about believing on him, on Jesus. And he says, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son, and here it is again, believeth on him, may have everlasting life. That's God's will. That we see him, that we believe on him, and that we have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Let's skip over to verse 47. Verse 47 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. The Amplified says, verse 47, I assure you, I assure you most solemnly I tell you, he who believes in me, who adheres to, trusts in, relies on, and has faith in me, has now, has now possesses eternal life. Verse 48 says, I am the bread of life that gives life the living bread. Now, that's some pretty absolute and powerful statements there. The question is, again, do you believe it? Are you sure? Okay. That word believe in all those scriptures we just read, John, 26 through, uh, John 6, 26 through 29, verse 35, verse 40, and verse 47, that word believe comes from uh, the word, it's called pistuo. Everybody say pistuo. It's P-I-S-T-E-U-O. I wonder, can I flip this thing? Will it flip? Oh, all right. <laughs> Jeff, you let me know if this is glaring on that camera. Oh, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> let me know if it's uh, glaring on the camera or not. Okay, so that word is pistuo. So P-I-S-T, I believe it's E U. Oh, thank you. All right. <laughs> uh, pistuo. Everybody say pistuo. All right. So this comes in your concordance. It's going to be um, G, a G, and I think it's 4 1, what is it, 0 0? Yeah. 4 1 0 0. All right. So in your strongest concordance, the word pistuo means, what did I say it means? Belief. Now, been teaching you as you study your word, you always want to pull out your strongs because a lot of times a word has multiple meanings or translations. They're similar, but if you don't understand the difference between them, you can lose the revelation within the scripture. Amen? So in this particular scripture, uh, John 6, 26, um, as well as, what did I say? John 6, 26 through 29, Verse 35, verse 40 and 47, this word believe actually means the credence given to God's messenger and their words. The credence given to God's messenger and their words to place reliance on Christ's words. To place reliance on Christ's words. To have a faith directed unto believing or in faith to give oneself up to Jesus. 
to have a faith directed unto believing or in faith to give oneself up to Jesus. The simple way of saying that is to give credit to as truth. To give credit to as truth. Somebody say, give credit, give credit. As, truth. as truth. Give credit, I hope y'all can read my hand right, <laughs> to as truth. So let's go back and check out those scriptures. Go back to verse 26. And let's read those scriptures with this understanding and see what they're saying uh, in the uh, King James. John 6, 26. You guys just hang out with me with these scriptures because we're going to be doing this a, a lot tonight. John 6, 26. And it's going to be in the King James. Okay, so Jesus answered uh, them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me uh, not because you saw miracles. Keep going but because you did eat the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. 28. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Verse 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that you believe on him who he hath sent, or that you give credit to him as the truth. That you give credit to his words as the truth. Jesus definitely did say, I'm, I am the way, the truth, and the light. We have definitely said several times that Jesus indeed is the word. He indeed is grace, which is indeed the truth. To do God's work, I have to believe or give credit to Jesus and his word as the truth. See, that means something kind of totally different than what we may have been thinking five minutes ago. It's not just to believe. It's to believe to such a point that what Jesus said, you say, that's the truth. That's the truth. It's to believe to such a point that you not only say what he said is the truth, but that he indeed is the truth. There's no other truth but Jesus. Say that with me. Say, there's no other truth, no other truth. But, Jesus. but Jesus. If you're convinced of that, if that's where your mind is set, also known as your attitude, now you're believing. When the doctor's report comes in, are you believing? When the bill comes in, are you believing? When the haters come, are you believing? What did Jesus finish for you? Are you not the righteousness of God? Don't you have the peace of God? Hasn't Jesus assured you of your salvation? If all that is the truth to you, 
even in the face of opposition, you are believing. Many people are trying to have faith, but they don't believe. Many people are trying to please God and trying to have faith that moves mountains, which oddly enough, that word is quite similar to pistuo. It's G. 4102, and it's called pistis. That's faith. It's the reason why they're closely related. This faith, and it's just like pistuo, it has a few different things with it, but I need this for this. If I'm not believing, I'm not going to be confident in God and his word to the point I move to any action because I don't believe on Jesus. I don't believe. I, I say I believe what Jesus did for me. I say I believe what, what, what his word says, but, but I don't really, I'm not really convinced. I, I, I want to believe, but you don't understand how bad this hurts. I want to believe, but you don't understand how much time I got left. Time is running out. See, we can't become carnal in our believing. We have to trust who Jesus is and what he said. If you understand that so far, say amen. So you, we just cracked over a big can of worms. So this first definition is to indeed give credit to as truth. So God's will is that we see his son and accept his word so that as we believe on his son and that his son is indeed the truth, we can then have everlasting life. See him, trust him, believe him. And then, somebody said, why can't I never have this abundant life to the full to where it's overflow? Flow. It's, you, know, you, you know grace has already made it available, who is Jesus. Grace is not the problem. Jesus is not the problem. It's the belief. Or the, there it is, unbelief. You can believe to a certain point and show up at the feet of Jesus, but still find yourself in unbelief. You can believe up to a certain point and show up. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. For us who are saved, we've been talking about this. We don't have to show up at the feet of Jesus to get something done because he's already done everything, right? So if you're a believer... Believing that all is well and all is finished, like he said, then you just declare it's done. If you continue to show up asking him to do something that he already said, believe his word, as truth, was done, then you're actually operating in unbelief. Did you hear what I just said? You're actually showing up to Jesus saying, I don't believe, I don't give credit to what you said as truth. Because I'm asking you again. It's like the parent who has the kid who keeps coming and asking again and again and again. 
are you going to take me on Saturday? Are you going to take me on Saturday? And they say, yes, I'm going to take you on Saturday. And they show up the next day. Are you, are you going to take me on Saturday? Yes, I'm going to take you on Saturday. And then they show up again on the next day. Are you going to take me on Saturday? And the parent says, God dog, I told you four times, yes. What is that kid demonstrating to the parent? I'm anxious. I'm nervous. I don't really believe that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. I'm not giving credit to your word as truth. We don't want to do that to Jesus and then expect that we're going to receive, not that Jesus is going to withhold. Remember, he's love. Who is God? They're all him, Holy Spirit, all, and God. They're all love. They're not withholding anything from us. We talked about this the other day. Our unbelief will cause us to end up on the wrong track because we're not hearing him any longer. His sheep hear his voice because they trust it. They believe it. But do you notice sometimes we sit up there and we kind of change our status temporarily when we get into unbelief because we can't hear God? Now, I'm not saying this again to beat you up or convict you. Remember, this, we're talking about our rulership. You're in ruler school right now. And in order to rule by love, you got to know love. And I'm, he, so he told me this morning, he said, he said, Archie, they're trying to operate in faith and they don't believe me. And because they don't believe me, they don't trust me. And because they don't trust me, it's now impossible for them to have faith in me. Because I am spirit. And they're trusting only in what they see. And he said, in my, 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 the, the faith I've given them, it's the substance of things expected or hoped for. It's the actual evidence of things unseen. It's the, it's the stuff on the inside of you that says you're not seeing it now, but you got to believe and know that it's there. What that got to do with Jesus? He's the one that made it available to you. He's grace. And to believe on him is to believe on grace, and to believe on grace is to believe now that what God made for you is now available. And like it says in Romans, I think it's 5-2, that your faith is going to be required to lay hold of what grace made. But if you don't believe what he said and who he is, your faith can never be activated. And that's why the enemy's working overtime to communicate to you a counterfeit image. An image that says he's lying. An image that says he's going to let you down. An image that says you're going to fail if you trust him. I got good news for you today. According to 1 Corinthians 13, 8, love never fails. And last I checked, according to 1 John 4, 8, your God, my God, is love. That means that he never fails. As a matter of fact, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. In Galatians, it says nothing can separate you from his love. I just showed you a bunch of times that you are sealed with the Holy Ghost who is on the inside to give you power to get results. You cannot fail. The only thing that can cause you to miss out is unbelief. Are you seeing that with me? So if I were you, I would make a choice tonight to eject unbelief out of my life. Mm -hmm. Let's keep going in this. Uh, same chapter, let's go to verse 36. 
We'll look at verse 36, and then we're going to look at verses 64 through 68. It says, but I say unto you that ye also have seen me, and what's that word? And believe not. Uh, skip to verse, what did I say, 64? Mm -hmm. Verse 64, and we're going to go all the way to uh, 68. It says, but there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believe not. And who should betray him? Verse 65, and he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. How do we get to Jesus? God makes it happen. Let's keep going. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Did you see what just happened? He said, listen, some of y'all say you believe, but you don't believe. Some of y'all even going to betray me. He said, some of y'all walking with me and you don't believe. Man, may that never be, never be a world changer. I said, may that never be a world changer who is walking with Jesus and not believing in him. So before you think this, this can never apply to you, these guys were physically walking with God in the flesh with the Holy Spirit upon him and seeing the miracles and still weren't believing. Remember the context of what's going on here in the beginning. They're asking him for food. They're with the guy. Who, he, he just fed all these people and we're, we're still hungry. Still caught up in the carnal. And he's trying to teach him. He says, some of y'all still don't believe. Verse 67. Then, Jesus, then said Jesus unto the 12. Now, by the way, just so you know, these people he was talking to, these were his disciples. Remember, Jesus had more than 12 disciples. And this was a bigger group of disciples that were walking with him, including the 12. And many of them turned and left his church that day. How you gonna lead a church of Jesus? That's when I hurt my feelings when people leave here or, you know, if people leave in Atlanta. I'm like, they left Jesus, shoot. How are you going to leave the church of Jesus? Unbelief will cause you to leave the church of Jesus. It says, then said Jesus unto the 12, will you also go away? And I love this. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? That needs, you need to write that on your mirror. To whom shall I go? I'm with Jesus. There is no better place to be than with him. He said, why? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Sounds like belief. Peter said, I'm giving credit to who you are and what you say. There's nowhere else to be but right here with you. Now, in these scriptures right here, verses... 36, 64 through 68, belief actually takes on a different meaning. It's not this, quite the same as give credit uh, to as truth. Let me erase this. This meaning here, yeah, here it is. 
Yeah, this meaning here is those who acknowledge Jesus as the Savior and devote themselves to him. Those who acknowledge Jesus as the Savior and devote themselves to him. In short, that one means those who are going to follow. I'm acknowledging Jesus as a Savior, and I'm devoting myself to him. I'm a follower of Jesus. Now, it's interesting when you go back and look at these scriptures again with this understanding. The first one I gave you was what? John 6, 36, right? So Jesus says in John 6, 36, but I say unto you that you also have seen me and you don't follow me. You don't devote, you don't devote yourself to me. You don't believe I'm the Savior. So you've seen everything I've done. You've seen it, yet you won't follow me. Hmm. Have I seen the Savior? Has he saved me, but then I choose, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't want to follow you, though. I give credit to the fact that you did what you did, and I, 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 I believe that you are indeed the truth, but following you, eh, I think I'll wait. Verse 64, with this understanding, he says, but there are some of you that believe or not or don't devote yourself to me, don't believe I'm the Savior. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believe not, it's the same one, who aren't following him and who should betray him. To be in Jesus' presence doesn't mean you've devoted yourself to him. Just because you go to church, just because you even, I'm, I'm a mess with some of your religion, just even because you're praying, don't mean you're following him. I mean, let's not get deep on it. Where does Christ live? How many of you disobeyed Christ since he's lived on the inside of you? So then you didn't follow him. See, people make this real deep. It, it, he's saying, listen, some, just because you're in my presence, you still got a will that has to be submitted. You still have a will that has to be adjusted. You have an attitude that has to be set to truth. You have to choose to allow this to happen if you want to rule like he did. So we need not become arrogant thinking just because we have him that we will automatically follow him. I know that's what we try to portray, especially in nowadays, people out there screaming at sinners and stuff like that, as if if you get him, you automatically just going to do right. No, you're, you're saved and praise God for that. You're sealed and praise God for that. But now there has to be a decision to believe. He said, and, and, and who should betray him? Let's keep going. He said, and he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples, no surprise. Did they follow him? No, they stopped following him and they went back and walked with him no more. 
That's why that particular scripture makes so much sense in context. They were with him, but they weren't following him. And all that happened is, is what was in their hearts or their minds now manifested in the natural. They wasn't with him in the first place. And that's what he was doing. He was calling them out. See, y'all got to remember, Jesus wasn't a punk. He was like, you know what? Since we're doing this, some of y'all with me and you ain't with me. You don't believe me. You're not following me. You're going through the motions. You're here because it's the popular thing. You're here because it's the hot thing. But if you want to walk in what I'm walking in and have what I have, you got to make a choice to be a true follower. You got to make a decision that these words coming out of the mouth of Jesus are indeed the words of life, that they're the truth. Because if you're not willing to give his word credit, if you're not willing to truly follow him, then I'm telling you, you're going to try to turn on faith in your life and it ain't going to work. Are you listening to me? I said you're in ruler school right now. When you go out there to lay hands on the sick and you're not a follower, you're not a believer, it's not going to work. Not because God doesn't love you, but you don't believe, you can't, you can't participate in what you don't believe in. What are you talking about? We got to peel back these layers of religion that have been placed on a lot of us to say, I'm going to do that because that's what I'm supposed to do. How about we're going to do that because that's what he said to do? If he says lay hands on that person, lay hands on that person. Because you're giving his voice credit and you're following in his footsteps of what he did. You're doing it in belief. Now that faith, you knowing that what he's telling you is true and you're convinced of it and convicted of it and now you have a corresponding action that goes with it. I am then laying hands. Oh, you know, it's about to be some crazy, miraculous stuff taking place. But just to do it because Pastor Archie told you to, and you kind of don't really want to do it because you kind of don't really know if it's going to work. Because you kind of really don't know what the Word of God says about it. And you kind of really can't hear Jesus telling you or the Holy Spirit telling you what to do and not to do. I can't tell you how many times people go, have gone out on Saturday outreaches with that same attitude right there that I just described. And then they get discouraged because nothing happens. I mean, don't you wonder sometimes, well, how come ain't nothing happening? Anybody been there before? You're, you're learning why right now. It's we got Christ. We're with him. We may even give credit to what he's saying is true, but we still don't really believe it. It was, it was fascinating to me that this word pistool had so many different levels. And I just read belief as belief. But it's so much more. Let's keep going. Uh, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Verse 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Who else are we going to follow but you? See, when you understand that this word is talking about follow, then it makes sense that these guys stopped following. He said, are you going to stop following me? Also known as believing in me. And Peter says, who else are we going to follow? Where else are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. And Peter said, I'm following the words of eternal life. If you understand that, say Amen. 
All right, so let's keep going. Let's go to uh, verse 69, and then we're going to look at a couple of other scriptures in John. Verse 69 says, and we, what's that word? We believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. We believe that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. So they're saying, listen, we truly believe. We've given credit to it. We trust in it. We, we believe. Go to John 8, 24. John 8, 24. It says, I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that what? I am he, you shall, ye shall die in your sins. Well, that makes total sense. If you don't believe or give credit to his word as truth, then guess what? Yeah, salvation ain't going to take because you don't really believe it. You, you can come down, you can sign your name on a roll, you can jump in that water 10 times. I can pray for you seven times. And guess what? If you don't believe, it's not going to work. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? How many believers I got in the house? How many people not sure? No, I'm saying. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, wait a minute, I, I don't know if I believe. I, uh, I'm not sure no more. Believing is important. Uh, let's go to John. This, this is a really good one here. John 10, 37. And we're going to look at 37 through 38, and then we're going to go all the way to 42. Now, this is one that you can definitely mark and make sure you go home and read and study because... Um, this is kind of the core scripture that I saw about believing that had a lot of the different versions all throughout it. Uh, let's start with verse 37. It says, if I do not the works of my father, believe me not. But if I do, no, let me give you some context. This is Jesus talking uh, to people and he was uh, literally trying to get them to believe. Not just believe for any reason, but believe so they could be saved. And he was preaching to them and talking to them about it. And they were kind of doubting, like, ah, we don't know if, if we believe all this. So go back to 37. It says, if I do not the works of my father, believe me not. So don't believe me if I'm not doing the works of my father. Verse 38. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works that ye may know and believe. Are you seeing that? That the Father is in me and I, where? In him. Verse 39. Therefore, they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hands. They were trying to stone him and kill him. Now let's go back to verse uh, 37. Let's break this down. Because in, this, uh, in these verses right here, between 37, I think, and 38, that word believe pops up like I think four times. And it's the same word, pistuo, but each one means something different. He says, if I do not the works of my father, believe me not. That particular believe means what we saw earlier, uh, to rely on him and to give credit to him and his words is truth. So he says, if I don't do the works of my father, don't rely on me, 
Don't give credit to my words. He says, but if I do, though you believe, that's the same one, though you believe not, so don't you not trust me and my words, he says, again, believe or trust in the works that I'm going to do. Why? That you may know and believe, now that's a different one. That you may know and believe, that's actually a different version of that word. And that version means trust in Christ and be brought to faith. So one is trusting in him and his words and relying on him. He says, listen, if you're not going to believe what I'm saying, believe what I do. Believe in the love that's going to come out of what I do so that you can believe in me and be brought to faith in me. Are you seeing that? He says that the Father is in me and I in him. Verse 42, if you skip down to it, it says, and many believed on him there. That one in 42 is actually a different one as well. It's gave themselves to him. Gave themselves to him. So after he ministered to them, they tried to kill him, and then later on, many gave themselves to him. Now why is this important? Well, we know we're saved. He was talking to a bunch of folks who, who weren't saved and everything like that. But I see some principles in here that still applies to us today. Are we relying on and trusting and giving credit to the words of Jesus? If he says he's the truth, if he says you're saved, if he says all is well, do you believe it? Are you willing to follow him because you believe it? And then one step further, are you willing to trust in him to be brought to faith in every situation you face in life? Are you willing to do what he said? Because when I have faith, I'll take action. When I have faith, I'll take action. But am I willing to really believe him? Many people believed, and they did what? They gave themselves to him there. I found myself, when I really trusted what Jesus had done, when I really believed God, I found myself giving myself completely over to him. My schedule, which represented my time, my money, these hands, this mind, my family, everything that I got is his because I believe him. I can't serve God without believing Jesus. Not just believing him that I'm saved. We're so Excuse the expression, but far beyond that as far as the journey you're on. I hope you can see that. We're so to the point of now maturing in him. This is believers over here, those who are mature. This is not a place for people who say they believe, who have the presence of Christ, but aren't really following him. I'm a follower of Christ because I trust them, because I rely on them, because I depend on them, 
because I give credit 100% to his word. He is the truth. If you understand that, say amen. All right, let's keep going. We're almost, we're almost there. So believe in verses 42. Did, I, did we read verse 69? Let's look at verse 69 real quick. It's the same uh, meaning as verse 42. John 10, I don't know. That was it. Yeah, 42. And many believed on him. What was 69? Oh, 69 was from the other one. So 69 over there in uh, John 6, 69, and this one here in John 10, 42, uh, both of them meant giving yourselves up to him or giving yourselves over to him. Let's go to Matthew 11, 28 uh, through 30. Here's what happens when I believe in him. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. It says, come unto me. Read this with me. Ready? Read. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You've heard that scripture a million times. And when I looked at it in reference to what we're talking about today, I was like, yeah, the work of God is to believe on Christ. What does that mean? If you're yoked up with Christ, the burden is easy, the yoke is light, because he already did all the work. He already did all the work. You ain't got no work left to do but to believe that he did it. I said, you don't have no more work to do but to believe that he did it. Are you not united with him? You yoked up with the guy who did all the work. You got the partner in the science lab that did all the work. And he's getting an A. <laughs> so your only responsibility is believe in him that he did it and that he did it right. And then to follow him in what he did. His yoke is easy and burden is light. He says, and when you do this, well, sure. If I thought I was going to flunk a test and now I'm with the guy who's getting the A, that gives me some rest in my mind. You get an A in life, guys. You get an A in life. Didn't he say he give us eternal life? Didn't he promise an abundant life? You get an A in life because of Jesus. There's nothing left for you to work out. Believe that he did it. If you see that, say amen. I have down here, belief is required and responsible for me receiving my salvation. And therefore it's responsible for me being the righteousness of God. I am saved by grace through faith. Belief is also responsible for me having the right attitude and following the way of Jesus and the will of God. So if I want to follow the way of Jesus and the will of God, if I want to do these things, I now have to make a choice to set that attitude. We talked a lot about attitude, about it being the positioning of your minds. You're going to have to set that position to belief. 
Never let it slide over into unbelief. It's like that thermostat on that wall. It, it, in order to continue to cool, it has to be set right, doesn't it? But the moment it's setting turns off, what's going to happen? It's going to get hot. If you're in hot situations in your life, turn your attitude back to belief. Position your mind back to trust. Position your mind back to relying on him. Position your mind back to giving him the credit. Position your mind back to I follow Christ. And when you do that, your life has no choice but to follow suit and line up with whatever he said. And it's important, family, that we get this because we're going to need to now take these results out to them so that they'll believe in him. Oh, well, I don't know, Archie, where are you getting that from? You know, what didn't he say? If you don't believe me, believe the works. That you may have faith in God that he sent me. Some of them are going to have to see something more than just hear something. And I want them to see, just like how Jesus was a reflection of God, you're a reflection of him. And when they see you, they should see him. And they should see his results all over your life. So I declare tonight is a night of belief for you. I declare tonight is a night where you trust him. Where you've made a decision that from this day forward, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to give credit to his word. I'm going to give credit to him being the truth. He is grace and he's already delivered me, set me free, prospered me, healed me, and taken care of me. I believe it, and I receive it. If you receive that, say amen. amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise for that. So in Bible study, we study the Bible. Amen. <laughs> but that word pistuo, man, go spend some time with that. Go spend some time with that. It, it is an amazing thing. And there's more we're going to pick up on, on tomorrow on Thursday uh, over at our south location. Uh, but I tell you what, this thing about belief, man, it opened up my eyes so much. I said, man, that's why, that's why the faith ain't working in some areas. Because, you know, sometimes you believe them in some and not in others. You follow them in some things and not in other things. And that then starts making sense why some things work and some don't. Today, we say we believe you, Lord, in everything. And we're going to trust him. Amen? Amen. Um, let's go ahead and trust God with our giving on today. If you need to offer an envelope, just grab them right out of the front of that pew where you're at. If you're giving by text, uh, you can do that with the information that's up on the screen. And, and like I said, follow his voice in what you do today, in your worship, in your giving. Don't just follow, you know, worry or fear or doubt. If he said you're blessed, then you're blessed. There's nothing to worry about. Oh, but you don't understand, Archie, I, I, I sinned the other day, and if I put this seed in the ground, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give unworthily. What? What does that even mean? If you believe him, you sow the seed, and the seed has everything in it to grow. 
It's not your responsibility to worry about the harvest. That's the responsibility of God's promises. And his promises have all the water and all the sunlight that your seed needs. Trust that it will indeed bring that harvest that he promises. Amen. Amen. Father God, we just thank and praise you for the gifts that we're receiving. We thank you, Father God, uh, that you're the one, Father God, who gave us seed to sow. So we return unto you, Father, be it a tithe or an offering. We trust you with this today. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. If you're in this room before we go, ushers, you can serve the people and you want to make Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior, or if you want to join this church, or if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, if any one of those three things are yes for you, we want you to hurry up and come on down here to the front so we can pray with and for you on today. Would there be anybody who that applies to? I think we're all, how many of y'all saved in here? Make some noise. Now, how many of y'all are believers? Make some noise. Yeah. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, uh, let me go ahead and pray over you, and we'll go ahead and get you out of here. Go ahead and stand to your feet with me. Father God, I just declare and set myself in agreement with the blessing that is already in operation in our lives. Holy Spirit, throughout the rest of this week, continue to show us areas where we may not be in belief and help us to believe what God said. Help us to believe what Jesus said. Help us to believe who he is. And enable us to walk out the will of our Father. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory, honor, and praise that we have everlasting life. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys so much. You are dismissed.